0: As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills.
1: The more muscle memory that you have, the
0: smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact.
2: An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip off. And everyone's already on their feet. This is gonna be good.
3: Requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Traveling for college hoops this winter? Pro tip, stay at a graduate
4: hotel. They're obsessed with college basketball, just like us. Each graduate hotel is like a shrine to the local team with lots of cool details for alumni. Nods to school colors, mascots. Why would you stay anywhere else? They have 30-plus hotels in the best college towns. And get this, you can save up to 30% with the code DOUG. That's my name, D-O-U-G. Good at any graduate hotel, any location, up to 30% off. Book your basketball stays at
5: graduatehotels.com. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game.
7: even the most diehard rams fans realized that the rams were all played last night. They were dominated last night by the buffalo bills. It was actually the buffalo bills that made it a 21-point game and what could have been a 35-point game or could it could have been worse, a 31-to-10 game. With the defending super bowl champions playing on their home turf could have lost much worse than 31-to-10. I mentioned it just a little while ago They needed a 57-yard field goal to get them 10 points. That's how bad it was last night for the Rams, whose offense just seemed out of sync. The only thing that maybe didn't seem out of sync was the relationship between Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup. But the Rams had to throw the ball so much because of where they were in the game in the second half and what was happening with their running game that you had Stafford throwing to Cooper Cup a lot. And so if you have Cooper Cup on your fantasy team, I'm sure you're very happy. And if you have Josh Allen on your fantasy team or Gabriel Davis or Stephon Diggs, you were also happy last night. But I would warn Buffalo Bills fans about being too happy with anything. And this is a two-way street because this also deals with the Los Angeles Rams. Week one of the NFL season is so far away from week 18 of the NFL season that it might will be just a different season. This is what we've gotten in the National Football League. By adding an extra game, it may just be like, oh, just one more game to play, not a big deal. I think it has changed how we look at the NFL and how teams play. And not only that, what has also changed in the NFL is the expansion of the playoffs. And so now when you have an extra wild card berth, given that we've had the last what? Now going on 3 years. The first time we did it was was 2 years ago when the Buccaneers made that made that run. So now when you have 14 teams, 7 from each conference making the postseason, the margin of error is a little bit bigger for all of these teams. And what we've seen in these instances, and maybe not last year when the Chargers didn't make the postseason, or when the Colts faltered at the end, but it is it is, it is shown that there are, at times, not seven good enough playoff teams to make it in, in the conference. Maybe there should be five. I think you look last year the NFC. The Arizona Cardinals were a playoff team, but they weren't a playoff team. Chicago Bears the year before that were a playoff team. They weren't a playoff team. It's a different level of, of where you're at. So it allows the good teams and the great teams to make sure that something wacky doesn't happen. For as great as the Chargers were last year, they kind of made their bed in some of their mistakes. And, and they end up falling short. The Chargers could have made a run and made it to the Super Bowl. I don't think that you could have said that with any team in the NFC. So the point that I'm trying to make here is this season is long. And it's very long. And what Sean McVay and the Rams have done in, in previous seasons is they don't they don't worry about week one. It's why they don't play their guys in in, in the preseason, or one of the reasons. They want to avoid injury. And you know what? They'll maybe take the hit on week one where the guys aren't as sharp because they haven't played. I don't think that was the reason they only scored 10 points last night. I think a little bit of that plays into that. I think the Buffalo Bills were a part of it. But Sean McVay isn't worried about what the Rams are going to look like in week two against the Atlanta Falcons. Now you get to week five and get to week six and maybe you're two and three and things just aren't gelling and maybe guys are whispering and saying things in the locker room. That's when you become concerned. But if I'm a Rams fan entering today, yeah, I'm not happy. Yeah, yeah, I don't like the way that the team looked. But I don't sit there and fret about Matthew Stafford. I don't fret about Cam Akers. I don't fret about Allen Robinson only getting one catch. That's what we do in fantasy football. This is a 17 game season. That's going to go on for 17 more weeks till we get to the playoffs. And look at how bad the NFC is, especially in certain spots. The Rams are going to make the playoffs. So now it's Sean McVeigh's job over the next three to four weeks to try to put this train just on track so they can start to get where they want to be come week 13, come week 14 come week 15. That's where you need to be. It's funny because I mentioned teams not deserving to be playoff teams. And the Arizona Cardinals last year, and so much was made in the offseason about Kyler Murray and and how he didn't like to be blamed for the Cardinals' misfortunes. And I, I thought he had some legitimate reasons why. I had some injuries and some other stuff happening. But it does fall on the quarterback's shoulders. The last undefeated team last year, if you remember the regular season, was the Arizona Cardinals. They lost the Thursday night game to the Green Bay Packers when Aaron Rodgers didn't have Devontae Adams, didn't have Alan Lazard, didn't have Jordy Nelson, didn't have Sterling Sharp, didn't have Robert Brooks or Antonio. Fre- you get the point. He was short on targets, throwing for the Green Bay Packers, throwing two for the Green Bay Packers. So the Arizona Cardinals were the last undefeated team last year remaining in, in the NFL regular season. Yeah, we get to the playoffs and a very strong case can be made that they probably weren't a playoff-caliber team. That tells you how long this season is. So when you look at the Rams, and I think that there are questions. I don't think that those questions should come up after just one game. I don't think, that think that's fair to the Rams. It is just one game for the Rams. Is there hype? Is there maybe got a little fat in the offseason because you won a Super Bowl? Yeah. If, if I'm a fan, I'm, 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 I'm you know, I'm, I'm feasting off of that fat that you gathered of, of being a Super Bowl champion. You lose last night, it doesn't wipe away what happened in February. The only thing I would say is thank goodness the Chiefs ended up beating the Bills in that divisional playoff, or maybe what happened last night could have happened in Super Bowl 56, which gives you another reason to be happy that you're the Rams and you got to face the Bengals instead of the Buffalo Bills last February. The sky is not full falling in Los Angeles when it comes to the Rams. It's just game one of week one. And I think you could take that coin and actually flip it on the other side and say the same thing to the Buffalo Bills. And even though your prediction right now of making the Buffalo Bills a Super Bowl champion looks darn good because we've only seen two of the 32 teams in the NFL regular season, there's going to be a lot of things that happen. you got to take this with a grain of salt. Was this just an overhyped game? Did the Bills have this game circled when the schedule came out? Did they have it circled when they were eliminated by the Chiefs last year and just wanting to get back onto the field and showing their stuff? It is a long grind. We just heard from Jonas Knox and Brady Quinn on Two Pros and a Cup of Joe. If you missed it, go and check out the podcast, Doug Gottlieb show on FoxSportsRadio.com. But the guy's talking about earlier today about Josh Allen running later on in the season. Yeah, if Josh Allen gets hurt, the the, the Bill season is is turned upside down, a complete one eighty. And you obviously don't wish any injury on anybody, but they didn't win the Super Bowl last night. It may have been a Super Bowl like atmosphere and may have been played in the stadium that the Super Bowl was played in last February, but they did not win the Super Bowl last night. We have yet to see Justin Herbert and the Chargers take the field. We've yet to see the new look Kansas City Chiefs take the field and what life is going to be like with Tyreek Hill. And by the way, however those teams look this Sunday when they play probably isn't going to matter again 17 to 18 weeks down the line when it really matters in the NFL. It is a long long season. It is a long off season, and we've been craving for something to talk about but one game in to the 200 and plus almost 300 regular season games that we have is not a reason for overreaction. So Rams fans, John Ramos, you included, it's okay. It is very, it is okay for you to 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 take a step back and not be worried about what happened last night with the Los Angeles Rams.
8: I definitely need to take a step back.
7: <laughs> your, your point, I actually was like agreeing with you because your
8: points are uh, everything that you just said right now about the Rams take a step back, you know, it's that, you know, it is what I need to do because when in the midst of a game and you knew this by our texts that were going back and forth, you have a lot of things that you have to say. The one thing I will say, though, is that the Rams—and it was proven again last night. And I've talked about this for many years with you guys. The Rams on defense on third downs are horrendous. They—I think they were like it was nine of ten last night. The Bills completed a third down long for a first down, sure. including that long bomb that got him to the two-yard line, or it might have been a touchdown. I can't remember what happened on there. But um, yeah, they just don't play that well. They haven't. That's a problem. And when you when your running game uh, doesn't materialize, even though I know you talked about, you know, don't worry about Cam Akers, I went into this season thinking there was going to be a two-headed monster, and when the guy just doesn't show up at all, that's scary to me. That's like, well, what is this guy here for? Because he really was, I thought, the better of the two running backs was Cam Akers, much more of a guy who can catch a ball out of the backfield, uh, much more of a sprinter-type guy. But when he's not even used, and the one catch he does make is a is a backward pass. I mean, it's a uh, backward pass. <laughs> that's right. Uh, is not good. And 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 Allen I mean, I guess Robinson. Maybe they wanted to like ease him into the offense for the for the first game because I think he got one pass thrown to him. I think the entire game. got so. yeah,
7: one reception for twelve
8: yards. Yeah, that's not good when you consider he's coming in to take over for. Odell Beckham Jr. So, or in that that st- type of time here,
7: frame. Here's why you don't need to sound the alarms on Cam Akers. Okay. Okay. This this is why, Cam Akers last year ruptured his Achilles in the off and was unavailable to the team until late in the year. Right. So, but he comes back. Like it was an amazing comeback from Cam Akers. The Rams trusted Cam Akers enough. In the 30 times they ran the football in that game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, including when he fumbled, okay, remember he fumbled, so there wasn't there wasn't the, you know what, we got to get Cam Akers out of there. There were three other players that took carries aside from Cam Akers. Of the 30 carries, Cam Akers had 24, Matthew Stafford had four, Sony Michelle had one, and Van Jefferson had one. So that tells me that just in the span of a season, Cam Akers – didn't just go into to wasteland. Like, they're willing to use him. He is their number 1 back. It's just that Sean McVay isn't going to run him into the ground in Week 1 because of the season that we talked about and how long the season is. And that's the game that the Rams are playing. And the Rams are playing the long game. Not that Buffalo isn't. I mean, Buffalo deserves all the credit in the world. But when you're looking at the running game, which is taking a change because you don't have Andrew Whitworth there anymore, I think that that is a question. But I would not be as concerned with that. Allen Robinson had two targets last night in the one reception. And then you talk about the pass rush and third down, the point of Von Miller now being on the other sideline last night. Yeah, Von Miller uh, bringing bringing back the buccaneers game von miller made big plays in that contest so listen it's just one game and i know we want to cash in our chips and people are re- people are retweeting their buffalo bills uh super bowl champion uh take um i would just i would just hold your horses on that one if we are using a Doug Gottlieb reference. All right, it is the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. I'm Dan Byers, sitting in for Doug, sitting in the saddle, if you will, as Doug is having some technical difficulties. Hope to connect with him coming up next as we are coming live from the TireRack.com studios. And coming up next on the Doug Gottlieb Show from the TireRack.com studios, we'll give you our picks for the weekend in The Gambler.
6: Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80.
9: and with available features like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back, and enjoy the wide open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit biotoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places.
4: Hey, are you traveling to one of the big conference tourneys in Nashville or Minneapolis this March? Well, you should do yourself a favor and do what I do, which is stay at Graduate Hotels. You know, Bridgestone Arena and Target Center, their their hotels are both really close to the tournament venues, and they're obsessed with college sports just like me. Each Graduate Hotel is like a shrine to its hometown and the local college team, but in a good way. Lots of cool details for alumni, vintage sports throwbacks, nods to campus legends, school mascots, colors, whatever. 30% off with the promo code Doug at graduatehotels.com. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio, live from the com studios. So we had our five for five. Earlier today. You guys you guys wrote those ones down, you're good on your on your five for five earlier today. That's that's excellent. Okay. Got those five picks, we'll put them up on social. Last year we did really, really well with the college picks. We were above five hundred with the pro picks. The college picks were outstanding. Sixty seven percent variety. We also have every Friday, we started this in the summer. And this is for the whole crew. This is for Jay Stu. This is for Dan Beyer. By the way, check out the I Want Your Flex podcast as you get ready to set your fantasy lineups for the weekend. That's uh, that, that's Dan's baby, um, and John Ramos, who is uh, we are drinking his tears from his Rams losing last night. We all have one pick now. It doesn't have to be football. It can be football. It can be fantasy football. It can be um, you know a, a fantasy baseball. Whatever you want, just one thing you should. We believe you should bet on this weekend. We call it The Gambler.
10: Jason Stewart, would you like to begin? Indeed. Um, now, last week, I gave you guys my J-Stew team parlay, um, mm-hmm. and that came through. So I'm working on our streak here. So I'm thinking I'm going to give you guys the Jay stew team parlay uh, for college tomorrow. You know, Miami's got a new head coach, and they play Southern Miss in Miami. I think the Hurricanes want to keep making a big impression. And Southern Miss, I hate to tell you, but Brett Favre is not walking through that door. Um, They're giving 26-and-a-half. Let's take Miami minus 26-and-a-half, but you need to parlay that to complete the Jays 2 parlay. USC is giving eight at Stanford. Lincoln Riley isn't only 1-0 at USC. He's 1-0 against the spread. So your j T two-team parlay for September 9th, 2022. Take Miami and USC for the winner.
4: Mm. So, by the way, that is a branded uh, j Stu team parlay, Right. Uh, that's something that uh, this is for sales. That's out there. That is up to be sold, right, Jay? Like we can we can brand that. We can put that on social and everything.
10: It's absolutely true, and I'm uh, I'm not easy to please, or no, I'm not hard to no. please when it comes to it's, offers it's, like I that. I mean,
4: as as we saw when you're on, uh, what was that blind date? Correct, blind date. John Ramos. You know, I usually take baseball
8: games. In fact, that's all I take is baseball games because. I'm really good at that, and I think I'm like 6-0 in my last six picks. But you know what? It's the start of the NFL season, and I think it's only right to pick a football game in the NFL. So I'm going to do that. And even though the Miami Dolphins are the favorites in this game, which we don't like to bet too much, right? The favorites aren't going to really win you a lot of money, but they're playing the New England Patriots. And over the many years, we know how that's gone, right, Doug? I mean, New England is not like playing the Miami Dolphins, and they're playing them in Miami, so even though the Dolphins are favorite, minus two and a half, minus three, depends on what we are looking at, I still like the Miami Dolphins to cover that, to win that game outright. So take the Dolphins. I probably have to put down a little bit extra money, though, Doug, to get back a little bit more of a return. But I say go for it because the Dolphins own the New England Patriots. So take the Dolphins at minus two and a half or minus three.
7: Dan Beyer? There are questions about the Kansas City Chiefs and what life will be like without Tyreek Hill. But there are two things you can't question. Andy Reid coming out of a bye. And yeah. Andy Reid and season openers. The Kansas yeah. City Chiefs right now have the longest active winning streak in season opening games in the NFL. They've won seven in a row. They are in Arizona to face the Cardinals uh, on Sunday. And the Cardinals just really haven't had much go right for them. Rondell Moore has now been ruled out of the game after injuring his hamstring in practice on Thursday. Uh, these things going wrong for for the Cardinals, have been taken into account uh, in the number, which is up to minus six. I think the Chiefs win this one by double digits in the desert to extend that winning streak to eight.
4: All right. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to play to a friendly crowd here. The Dodgers take on the Padres tonight in the battle uh, local versus SoCal. I believe it's Dusty May versus Clevenger, is it not? And 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 Dusty May, he didn't throw poorly last time, his first time out, uh, coming off the coming off the IL. But I think tonight he he uh, um, you know the Padres want to think they're competitive with the Dodgers. I don't think that's going to be the case. I think this will be a high scoring game. The over under is four and a half. By the way, both of the uh, starting pitchers, Clevenger and May, both their ERAs are about four. That would put you you know on an average night at at eight. Um, it it uh, I it. The the weather is weird, very humid. Although the hurricane is going to start to kind of come through, so I don't. I think they'll get it in. It it's going to be really hot. I think the ball will be flying out of the yard. I will take the over and the Dodgers to to win tonight. So the eight eight and a half is the over under, and I'll take the Dodgers as favorite. That's a uh, j Stew parlay, j, j Stew team parlay. But I'm going to go two team within one
10: Dodgers and the over. Yeah, you can't take that. You can't j two team. That's mine. Ah! Yeah, that's like three well, I'm, feet I, with Pat Riley.
4: I, I, oh, okay. Uh, that's that's trademark, trademark, patent
10: pending, patent pending. Yeah, you get your own stuff. Ah! I, I didn't have time to think of anything clever. I just. Do you like the pick? Yeah. No, I like that. Any, anything uh, involving my Dodgers. Anything and so in, in, involving the Padres losing as well. Love that. All right. So to to review, J. Stew, your pick is. Uh, Miami to USC in the Jays two team parlay. Ramos, take the Dolphins at home over the Patriots.
7: Buyer, Chiefs by double digits over the Cardinals.
4: Uh, the over and the Dodgers tonight, and that's the gambler. Here we go. When the deal ends, done. Everybody, you we got, got no when to, when to hold them. No know when to hold them. No, no way to walk away. I can't hear you guys No, no when, when to run. run You never count your money, money. When you're when sitting at the table, table there'll be time enough for counting When, when the done. done. on Saturday morning and Sunday morning, you're going to hear our next guest. Jared Smith, he's the PickWise lead betting analyst. He's the co-host of our new Fox Sports Radio Countdown to Kickoff. Rich Ornberg, of course, playing the NFL. He's been on Fox Sports Radio. He's got his own show in San Diego in mornings, and Brian Knows, a really talented host. That's every Saturday morning, 9 a.m. to noon Eastern Time, and you can listen live on our Fox Sports Radio affiliates or, of course, your iHeartRadio Radio app, all presented by BetMGM. Uh, Jared, thanks so much for joining us. Welcome to the family. Let, let's get to a couple of your picks. The one... One of the ones I agree with you on that I laid out in my picks was Iowa as a home favorite in the Hawk. Why do you like the Hawkeyes?
1: Yeah, I appreciate it, Doug. I'm really excited to get going with this show and and be part of the Fox Sports Radio family. So, Iowa, this is the classic by-low spot. You could have walked into a casino in town uh, a couple weeks ago, and you could have bet Iowa State plus 13 in this look-ahead line. Wow! And after one game... Now I guess it's two games. Iowa State played one, Iowa played one, but really it's the Iowa handicap we're focused on here. After one game, it's moved almost ten points. And and again, that's I don't know if you're a finance guy, but that's like Apple putting out one bad earnings report and then the stock tanks fifty percent. Apple's gonna be fine. They're a good company, they're coached well, right? So I, I think it's one of those buy low spots for the Hawkeyes. And don't get me wrong, it was ugly. Uh, And I was on South Dakota State last week and I thought that they weren't your average FCS team. You know, uh, one of the guys I really respect in town has them power rated ahead of about 50 FBS teams. So I'm not that surprised, especially up front with Ivor replacing some starters on the offensive line. Linderbaum goes to the NFL. They were going to struggle to get some push. I didn't imagine it was going to be this bad. And I think the embarrassment factor of getting booed off of their home field is going to have an impact with the motivation this week. But I'll be honest, Brian Ferenc needs to come up with a better game plan, and I think that offensive line needs to get more push. But the price here is very appetizing, getting almost a 10-point discount from where this number was just a couple weeks
4: ago. The Irish and Notre Dame, their offense did not get off the ground, really, against uh, Ohio State, although Ohio State, obviously, an incredibly talented team. They're 20-point favorite this weekend, which means you think the, the Irish are going to figure it out offensively? Yeah,
1: and I didn't love what I saw. I think Ohio State's defense is much better – um, than it was last year, and that certainly factored into Notre Dame really not being able to move it much. I think this is more of a – I don't want to say like a like a flag plant in the ground kind of game, but this is Marcus Freeman's first game in South Bend. He's sure. 0-2, one of them being a bowl game, the other one being a road game against a top-five team. He hasn't had that opportunity to run through the tunnel and play like a champion, All that, all the pomp and circumstance. I think that is going to motivate this team significantly – And I think their defense can hold anyone. We already saw it with Ohio State, especially a team like Marshall, who is going to be without, we think, Rasheed Ali, who took an unexpected leave of absence from the team a couple weeks ago. He's one of the best running backs in the country. We don't think he's going to play this week. We don't know when he's going to show up on the field again. That is a huge loss for a Marshall team that ran for 380 yards against Norfolk State last week. That is not going to happen this week. Notre Dame will control tempo. I think Marcus Freeman will be peddled down considering it's his first game in South Bend, and I do think 21, if it gets to that number, is where I'd stop, but at 20, I feel confident buying the Irish.
4: I I would agree with you, and and also I would point out that in both of those losses, bowl game and last week, led at halftime, so you might Mm -hmm. want to take a peek at at first half line as well. Baylor's traveling on the road to Provo to take on BYU. Cougs are actually favored over the defending Big 12 uh, conference championship game champion, right? They win and they... Mm -hmm. they, um, uh, but you like Baylor on the road. Why? Yeah, so to me, this is a
1: fascinating matchup because we saw it last year. And let's be honest, the Bears dominated the line of scrimmage in this game. They won 38-24 in Waco. They outrushed the Cougs 303-67. to So a lot of the same defenders are back for Baylor including a Tulsa transfer Jackson player who's looked fantastic so far two tackles a half a sack and a pass defended against Albany. So Baylor's defense is better than it was last year. And now you're telling me BYU is favored in this game after the trench domination we saw by the bears last year. I don't think we're giving Dave Aranda enough credit either. He is emerging right now as one of the top defensive minds in the country And I think this Baylor team has a lot of starch behind them. Again, they won the Big 12 title last year. Now they play – listen, it's going to be a difficult environment for sure in Provo. The one weakness, if I want to pull Coles in Baylor, is their secondary. Lorando Johnson, Mark Milton, below average grade. Their safety's a little bit banged up. But we just heard BYU's going to be without their top two receivers, Gunnar Romney and Puka Nakua. So I don't know if they're going to be able to take advantage of Baylor's weakness in the back. And I think the Bears are going to own the trenches in this game. Sure. Getting three plus the hook, very favorable spot for Baylor, I think.
4: Georgia State... Um is taking on North Carolina. Uh, second straight road game for the Heels, right? They had to come from behind and then just kind of hung on for dear life against App State in a crazy football game. Now they take on Georgia State, who's an eight-point dog. That, that line has gone from seven to eight, but, but you like the dogs in this case.
1: I do, and again, we're, you know, we're buying low on Iowa. I think it's fair to say we're selling high on UNC. I take nothing away from Drake May. He looks fantastic. Nine touchdowns, no picks almost nine yards per carry on the ground. UNC scored almost 120 points in two games, but the defense is a liability. And this is a Georgia State team that just rushed for 200 yards, five per tote against the Gamecocks of South Carolina. And I say what you want about South Carolina, their talent level compared to the rest of the SEC. That is a big, nasty front, maybe not as talented as some of those other fronts, but still an SEC defensive line, and little old Georgia State from the Sun Belt just rolled in and dropped 200 on him on the ground. So I think Georgia State's going to present a different challenge than App State did last week, spread it out, a little bit more gimmicky offense. Georgia State's going to run right down the gut, and I think getting more than a touchdown here, selling high on what was just an insane emotional uh very, very uh ridiculous win, let's call it what it is, uh, for the Tar Heels. I don't think that you could play that game a million times we see a final score sixty three, sixty one. So I, I I like fading teams off of ridiculous performances like that, and I like the matchup for Georgia State's front running it on this UNC defense, which I think is a little bit thin.
4: Uh, Jared Smith's our guest, PicksWise lead betting analyst, co-host of the new Fox Sports Radio Countdown to Kickoff show. That's 9 a.m. Eastern Time, Saturday and Sunday. So your lead up to kickoff, we have live great programming. He, Rich Hornberger, Brian no, uh, for three hours, college, pro, and Jared is a, again, PicksWise lead betting analyst. Last one, Colorado uh, traveling to take on the Air Force Academy in-state battle. And, you know, Air Force an option team. The thought is over-under is only 49. 49. Mm-hmm. Over-under, who do you like?
1: Yeah, this is this total is way too low. I bought it earlier in the week at 45, and Doug, I'll send you the ticket because it's moved a ton since. I'm surprised it's moved this much, but I think it just shows how bad both of these defenses are. And listen, Air Force is a different animal than what Colorado faced last week against TCU with Sonny Dykes, spread it out, throw it all over the field. Now it's a more regimented option attack, a completely different prepper, you know, week of prep than they had to go through last week. And this is a Colorado defense that already is not very good. Meanwhile, on the other side, listen, Air Force gave up over seven yards per play to Northern Iowa last week. So not really much to write home about um, with the Falcons on defense. And you see a total this low. I I think at 49, I start to hesitate, and I'm not going to go with nuts. But at 45, if it drops down to 47, 48, as we get closer to game time, sometimes we get some buyback. When a total moves that much, I would be very much inclined to continue to bet this over. I think Colorado's offense is the unit that scares me the most. We did see a little bit more from JT Shrout, who finished the game against TCU. I think if Air Force gets ahead, it's Shrout's passing game compared to Brendan Lewis, the other quarterback from Colorado, who's more of a running threat. So I, I kind of hope Air Force takes a 2-3 touchdown lead in the spread 17, so we'd expect that. And then you know Colorado starts passing it a little bit, and that's where we get this over late.
4: Jared, I can't wait to hear that show tomorrow morning, morning, 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 o'clock on the West Coast, up until noon, up until kickoff, really. Um, It's called Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff. You can check it out on the iHeartRadio app or on our Fox Sports Radio affiliates. It's all presented by BET MGM. Jared, great stuff. Welcome to the family. Thanks for joining us.
1: Appreciate it, Doug.
4: Coming up next on the Doug Gottlieb Show, live from the TireRack.com studios. Times are changing in Major League Baseball. Wait till you hear the rule changes, which were approved for next year earlier today that's next
6: fox sports radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app search fsr to listen live witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as infinity presents a new chapter in luxury
9: And with available features like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back, enjoy the wide open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit biotoyota.com. Toyota, let's
4: go places. Hey, are you traveling to one of the big conference tourneys in Nashville or Minneapolis this March? Well, you should do yourself a favor and do what I do, which is stay at Graduate Hotels. You know, Bridgestone Arena and Target Center, their their hotels are both really close to the tournament venues, and they're obsessed with college sports just like me. Each Graduate Hotel is like a shrine to its hometown and the local college team, but in a good way. Lots of cool details for alumni, vintage sports throwbacks, nods to campus legends, school mascots, colors, whatever. Remember, you can book today, and here's how you do so. 30% off with the promo code Doug at graduatehotels.com. Doug Gottlieb's show rolls on on a Friday on Fox Sports Radio, live from the com studio. Welcome in. We'll get to our boy Jay Stu and John Ramos in a moment. Uh, First, let's get to Dan Beyer and the Press. The Press. DB, what do you got?
7: Doug, let's start out with the news from Major League Baseball. We'll get to football at the end, but there's other big uh, happenings going on in other sports. Major League Baseball Competition Committee approving rule changes for the 2023 season. Uh, Increased base size going from uh, 15 inches on each side to 18. Uh, They also are restricting defensive shifts and having a pitch clock when runners are on base 20 seconds, when they're not on base 15 seconds for a pitch clock.
4: Now, I, I read where they're trying to hasten the game of baseball. Is that right? Hasten? Yeah, yep. Here's the problem, though. If you're not going to have the shift, if you have a bigger bases, doesn't that create—and you have universal DH. The, the idea is not to hasten the game. The idea is to create more offense, right? They're creating more offense. That doesn't hasten the game. That actually extends the game. I think it's—pace it's, it's pace of play, I think,
7: is the issue. And a perfect example is something I t- tweeted about last night. Go. On what an enjoyable watch it was with the Bills and Rams. That thing wrapped up in two hours and 45
4: minutes. It was a quick game. It was great.
7: Yes, it, it was. In The NFL, you know, like, yeah, there are some games that maybe go over the three-hour time, but it's not like college football where all of a sudden it's like, man, we're still here an hour later and than the, the, the normal. I don't think that baseball wants a three-hour and 30-minute game, but I think it goes faster and a lot of stuff is cut down if you don't have those certain things. So, uh,
4: I, I, I just think baseball, I don't think it's it's length of game or pace of play. Uh, pace, I just think baseball is boring. It just is. It's, it's interesting, but it can be boring, and they're trying to make it less boring. They just can't say, hey, we're trying to make it less boring.
7: Jason Stewart did you have a question for the
10: no I'm just wondering chairman I, if you've got the rules in front of you um, you know they have the pitch clock and they have the batter needs to stay in the batter's box and whatnot so what is the uh what is the penalty for not doing these yeah. things are they adding balls yes <laughs> they're oh, yes. adding box yes, and yes it's a strike if you step out right oh, gotcha. yep
7: and you could you could strike out um, by not adhering to the rule uh, you could walk on a three you know ball count. The pitcher doesn't... Is yeah. this the
4: first time the base size has ever changed?
7: I I don't know. I I, I have no idea.
4: I imagine, yeah. I, I just, I, again, I'm, and I'm not... I. It feels like this is the first time i would ever heard anybody go like, you know what we should do? We should change the base size.
7: Yeah. I. I'd, it's a weird one. Yeah. I I honestly think they should put a base on the other side of uh, first base on the foul line. As well, then you're not having Manny Machado step on Jesus Aguilar's foot and then arguing for a week over who was to blame. That's done in softball, by the way. Yes. Yeah.
4: There are some things done in softball that are better than, than baseball. The chi- the chance and the cheers aside. <laughs> you know. I like
8: the uh, fact, the fact that all measures. the girls come together and high five each other after every play. That's what yes. the guys should do. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Also the the whole the whole like face mask thing like we could do without that that's that's. In Major
7: League Baseball should also have the third baseman play five feet from home plate to prevent against the bunt. <laughs> Gosh, why that player is not wrapped up in a helmet? You know that an astronaut would wear. I'm not um, sure. Yeah, I, I mean, hey, <laughs> I, I uh, yeah, you want, yeah, you want to play third base? No, closer, come closer. We're going to prevent against the bunt. Come closer. Oh no, thank you. Uh Athletic reporting on details, Doug, of the in-season tournament that could be coming to the NBA as soon as the 2023-2024 season. They're calling – Shams had the report saying that it would be – they were calling them cup games, so there would be some sort of cup they'd play for. It would be part of the 82-game regular season schedule. After these cup games are played, eight teams would enter into a single elimination tournament and then the two teams to reach the finals actually would play an extra game so they would play 83 games which would be that final but that would be how the preseason or the in-season tournament would would take place wrapping up at some point in December.
4: Yeah, this is something that we've always seen come. This is a copy of the European model, right? Where you have the in-season cup championship. Right? Cup championship. So, I like it, but it's the idea that you're you're basically moving the deck chairs around, right? You're creating something like, does the winner get, what does the winner get? More money?
7: Um, yeah, I, I'm not sure. He didn't have the details of it, but yeah, I would think at some point.
4: Yeah. It, um, the question is, is it enough money to make the guys actually care? It's you almost, got guys are going to be making $60 million now in the NBA. So if they're going to make another couple hundred grand, is that, is that actually going to make them care?
7: I, I don't think so. I, You know, I think there's probably about five teams in the NBA You know, like if the Orlando Magic are like, hey, we won the, you know, we won the December Cup or whatever you want to call it. I'm sure they'll name it after some player. You know, we won the Pistol Pete Cup, you know, but like are the Lakers fans going to walk around? Are they going to have car flags in December because they're in the finals of the, you know, Bob Cousy Cup? These are all jokes, guys. I'm just naming old players. That's all I it is. It. I, yeah, I didn't I know. It. I, it's, I got it. It's, uh, I don't think
4: they were paying attention. You know? I think they're waiting for the next story. <laughs> oh, I... not.
7: No, John, John. once we stop talking about girls' softball, just uh, started the tune out. Oh, I'm sorry. No, that's <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's all right. Hey, don't worry about it. It's, it's only a radio show. Uh, Doug, <laughs> did you uh, hear about this from BYU? Following a two-week investigation, BYU released a statement saying they found no evidence that any spectator used a racial slur towards a Duke volleyball player during that women's volleyball match last month. BYU also said that the fan, who originally was identified as the one who yelled the alleged slurs, has been cleared of any wrongdoing.
4: Yeah, th- this this feels like a massive overreaction, and... um you know, look, B- BYU has had – I mean, you go back to – it was 1978, I think, uh, before they allowed black members to uh, to go on missions, right? So th- there is a past history of racism. And, I, you know, Tom Homo, who's their athletic director, he caught some heat for uh, what he said to the student body the next day. And now you look at it and it's like, man, he was – you know, he – I. I Look, I think BYU handled this well. They went and interviewed people. They used audio. They used TV. They talked to everybody on every team. They really investigated. Like, we didn't find anything. It's just sometimes you think you hear something, and you didn't. But what's crazy about it is Dawn Staley, who's the defending national team coach um, of South Carolina, they are supposed to play them first game of the year, and she pulled out because of this story. And it, it is just that. It's just a story.
7: As for the fan that was cleared of any wrongdoing, uh, the authorities there say the school says that at the time that the alleged comments occurred, at one point the fan wasn't even in the arena part. It, it may have been out in a concourse or somewhere else. He wasn't even there. Another time he was apparently sitting on his phone. And so wh- when these things were happening, he was playing a game or texting or something. So that's what they.
4: Maybe he's playing yeah. stumble guys. You guys are playing stumble guys. Oh, <laughs> no.
7: No, I have no I'll idea. I'll send it to you.
4: My kids are big on stumble guys, and like, little do they know that I'm working on my game so that I can destroy them in stumble guys.
7: Quick injury updates. Uh, George Kittle for the Niners. Questionable against the Bears. Packers okay. wide receiver Alan Lazard. Doubtful against the Vikings. does feel like he'll play. Rondell Moore ruled out for the Cardinals against the Chiefs.
4: That's but, a loss. Remember, no, no, uh, no New Hopkins. First to six games.
7: Falcons wide receiver Drake London. A decision on him will be made tomorrow coming back from that knee injury suffered in their first preseason game. And Christian McCaffrey off the injury list, 100% against the Browns.
4: Hey, get out there and press.
10: That was the press.
4: All right, we made it. I hope you're excited. Football season is here. Um, my lasting takeaway on Lamar Jackson is we all encourage people to bet on themselves. I think that's the right analogy because when you bet, there is a downside. He was hurt last year and didn't perform well. If the same happens, he might not be a Raven. It's Doug Gottlieb show.
6: Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury.